Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Well, if you have your Bibles, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And today, the title of the message is The Rock. And uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. So if you have your Bibles open, let's read it together. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and were in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual uh, drink, and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And then down in verse 11 it says, Now all these things happened to them as examples that, w- that were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Uh, here Paul is writing to this church at Corinth, and he's giving them uh, you know, kind of a history lesson uh, from the nation of Israel's history and their journey from Egypt to the promised land. And it's an example. And he's saying, look, there are lessons to learn from it. And, and it is easier to see sometimes in a picture form these biblical truths. And uh, those of you who are students of the Bible, you know it's called biblical typology. And uh, what happened to them, Israel going from Egypt to the promised land, is a picture for us of our spiritual journey to help us to understand, to see our life and to see our spiritual journey. Now, the bondage in Egypt was a type or a picture of the bondage in sin. When, uh, you know, we're living in sin, controlled by the lust of our flesh, that our body is controlled by our lust, our mind is controlled by our lust. And then Pharaoh is a picture of Satan who held the children of Israel in bondage, making them slaves and, and controlling them. They had no freedom. And then coming out of Egypt is a picture of coming out of the life of sin, the life of bondage to sin, a new relationship with God where you're free uh, to, to do what you want, no longer a slave to sin. And Ephesians 2, 3 says it like this, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. And so uh, all of us, before we were freed by the Lord, that we're controlled by our fleshly desires. Now, these are examples for us to learn from through the typology. Uh, and God uh, wants to show us how his desire for the children of Israel was to bless them, right? Why did he bring them out of slavery in Egypt? Because that was bad. And he wanted to bring them to the promised land uh, to experience a better life, a victorious life, to make of them a nation that would experience God's best for their life. And so uh, that's a picture for us, that God wants that for you. God wants your life to be blessed. He wants to bring you to a better place in life. Now, Paul gives them these illustrations in verse 11. He says, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition. So as we read about uh, them drinking of the water, receiving the water from the rock, uh, it was a picture of them dying of thirst. Remember, there's millions of them out in the desert dying of thirst. And when God gave them spiritual water from the rock, uh, that it, it is a picture of us receiving that, that 
uh, spiritual life from the Lord and that refreshing in our lives. And God was communicating that one day he would send a Savior who would quench that spiritual thirst in our souls. And so in verse 4 when it says, Then they all drank the, spirit, the same spiritual drink, for they all drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And so Jesus is the rock that brings forth living water. Jesus spoke of uh, doing that in John 4. Remember where Jesus met the Samaritan woman there, and she kind of had a bad reputation in town, and, and the Jews didn't talk to the Samaritans, but Jesus is talking to her. She's like, why are you talking to me? And Jesus said, uh, you know, well, I know that you've been married five times. She's like, whoa, how did you know that? And, and, and she was living with a guy. Jesus is like, hey, uh, well, Jesus said, hey, go get your, she said, uh, Jesus said, hey, I'll give you this living water. She's like, hey, I want some of it. And he said, well, go get your husband. She's like, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've been married five times, and now you're shacked up with some dude. No doubt that she, in her heart, as Jesus told her this, that she probably recognized that there was a deep thirst inside her for fulfillment and for a meaningful relationship in life. And everybody wants that. People think, I'm going to get married. They're going to make me happy. And then what happens is, then they have the capacity to make you angrier than any other person in your life. (laughs) All you married people know about it. But here's the thing. This Samaritan woman, she'd been married five times, and she thought, hey, if I get the right guy, then I'll be satisfied. It will, it will satisfy that deep longing for love and security and meaning in life, in my, and, and it'll be the right thing. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, she no doubt thought that if she could just get the right man, then she'd be happy, right? And, and uh, I'm sure many people think that, that if I could just find the right person. And, and, and I think it's why, uh, you know, in our country now, uh, that divorce is such an epidemic because people believe this lie that the Samaritan woman believed is that if I dump this person and get a new one, then everything will be better, right? But here's what happens. When you dump this person and go get a new one, you bring some problems with you to that next one. And you know who the problem is? You, right? I mean, it's like, uh, right? I mean, and, and so she didn't understand all these things, but Jesus speaks to her and he says, look, You've been looking for meaning in life. You've been looking for fulfillment in life, and uh, you're not going to find it in these relationships, but I can give it to you. And she's like, whoa. And so Jesus says in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And he's talking about searching for fulfillment through relationships. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Now, Jesus is saying inside of everyone, there is this desire to feel loved, to feel complete, to feel fulfilled. And I see people all the time trying to find it in relationships, in careers, in money, in houses, in cars, in position, in authority, whatever it is. And it's always disappointing. And Jesus calls it this inner thirst that can't be satisfied by anything in this world. And then he says in verse 13, he answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And and he says, talking about all those things the 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 desire to have life seem like it's fulfilling and and no physical experience uh, can can bring that lasting joy and and that's why david said in psalm 42 verse 2 my soul thirsts for god for the living god david is describing what's true of every person that deep down inside there is a thirst in your soul now people can't identify it but they think they know what's going to satisfy that thirst. And, and they chase after the end of a rainbow. Jesus wants us to understand this. He doesn't want you going through life just thinking, I'm almost happy. If I just marry a prettier person, if I marry a richer person, if I get a better job, if I make more money, if I get a bigger house, if I get a new car. Jesus wants us to understand that trying to find something to satisfy that thirst in your soul through all those other ways, it only leads to disappointment and disillusionment, right? And 
when we're under that deception, that we can satisfy that, that void, that thirst in our soul by giving it more and more and more, it brings us into bondage. And that's why people get addicted to things. Jesus is saying none of those things can give you that satisfaction. And when he says in verse 14 of John 4, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Now this is what we want to know about, right? When your soul is truly satisfied from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can enjoy everything else. And you're not trying to extract something from it that it can never give. And God is the only one who can bring that, that satisfaction that people are looking for. Not your job, not your spouse, not your parents, not your children, not your friends, right? Uh, and it's, it's just important for us to understand that when you chase those other things and try to find fulfillment and satisfaction in those things, it's just perpetual disappointment. And you know what that leads to? It just leads to, to sadness. It leads to complaining. It leads to uh, our society as an epidemic of it, of depression. And, and why are people depressed? Because they think, oh, if I just get this, and they get it, and then guess what? Oh, it doesn't do it, right? The new job, the new house, the new car, the new girlfriend, the new boyfriend, the new husband. Oh, if I just have children. Oh, you have them like, oh, children. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever it is, right? And it just is, it's just it's perpetual disappointment, and that really brings a person down <laughs> when you go through life, and it's just one disappointment after the next, after the next, after the next, right? And then what happens is you just start getting disillusioned, right? And you just start complaining and mumbling and grumbling, and that's what Paul is teaching them about what happened with the children of Israel, right? Where you just, you just are unhappy with everything because nothing is satisfying because you're looking in the wrong spot. And then notice what happened in verse 10. Uh, Paul tells them, it says, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, Paul said what happened is when they weren't being satisfied by the Lord, they were looking to those other things, they started complaining. And that's why the Bible tells us, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, this is throughout the whole Bible, that God does not like complaining, and he doesn't want us to complain. In, in Philippians 2.14, it says, do all things without complaining. Now, you students of the Bible, do you know what that word all means in the Greek? All, right? All things without complaining. You're like, well, can't I complain about some things? <laughs> all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. God wants you to shine as a bright light in this world, and part of that is not complaining. Now, you say, well, what is complaining? Is that different than constructive criticism? <laughs> yeah, constructive criticism is code for complaining, right? But complaining is constantly finding fault with everything and everyone, with your circumstances, with people, and then verbalizing it. Grumbling, murmuring at work, at home, at school, at church. Rah, 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 rah. Wednesday sermon over. The pastor talks so fast. Rah, 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 rah. Whatever, right? Just mumbling, grumbling, complaining, right? And here's the thing. Why would God tell his people when he brought them out of Egypt, don't do that? Why would he tell us in the New Testament, in, in Philippians 2, don't complain? Well, number one is because God hates complaining. That's important. If you've never taken note before in church, write that down on your hand with a pen. God hates complaining, right? Why? Why would God hate complaining? Here's why. Because it's bad for you. It's bad for me. It's always been bad. In Numbers 11.1, 1, it says, Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. And then verse 26, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Now notice, God, they, they had orgies, and he brings up complaining, right? I mean, he's like, they complain against me. Uh, 
I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Now, did they complain to God? No, they complained to Moses. Moses, you're a terrible leader, right? But what was God's desire for the nation of Israel? Well, it was to bring them from slavery into the promised land flowing with milk and honey. He wanted to give them land and houses and uh, just create a great nation where they could worship God, to bring them out of slavery, to be free. And what did they do as God tried to bring them to this great promised land and had this great stuff in store for them? What did they do? They complained, right? And it was about from Egypt to the promised land, it was about a two-week journey. It would have taken two weeks, but it took them 40 years instead of two weeks because they complained. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you, and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will...